0: When you least expect it, there comes a point of no return. A dead end from which there seems no escape. A moment in time. A moment of crisis. Tell me that
2: again, General. I said this area is off limits. Even to a United States senator?
1: I'm afraid so, Senator Senator Barney. Even to the chairman of the Defense Budget Committee? Yes, sir. (laughs) You do realize that I can call the president and get into this building? But if I have to do that, it's it's going to be embarrassing for you, General Cloves. I'm very
2: sorry, Senator. I have my orders. From who? From the president.
1: Listen. You listen to me, Cloves. Just what are you people trying to pull out here? What's going on in that building that's costing the taxpayers of this country $61 million?
2: Senator... I can't tell you.
0: It began with a routine annual budget review in Washington, D.C. Hawk Varney, Senator Peter C. Varney, went to work slashing every possible non-essential from the military spending budget for the biennium and decided to make in-person visits to establishments where there was any question about military appropriations. On July 18th, his junket took him to Fort Powell, near the Utah-Nevada border. What actually happened at Fort Powell, subsequent to his visit, is, of course, still under the tightest security. But from what reports have been made, and from what informed sources have speculated, a reasonably accurate picture can be assembled. In one minute, Crisis brings you this remarkable story, with the reminder, of course, that it is still just speculation. The title? Building B-2000 And now Building B-2000 It should be borne in mind that Peter C. Varney was a man accustomed to power Besides his influential position in the Senate he held the rank of Brigadier General in the U.S. Air Force Reserve He had distinguished himself as a pilot in World War II, earning the nickname that was to follow him through the rest of his career in public life, but you know all that. Hawk Varney was swift, powerful, and determined, and he preferred to work alone. Perhaps if he had brought a delegation with him to that sun-baked army base in the desert instead of arriving alone at the controls of his own rented private jet, things might have been different. But as it was, Hawk Varney swooped down without warning on that hot afternoon, and began a minute inspection of Fort Powell. My adjutant, Captain Wicker.
1: How do you do, sir?
2: Captain? We didn't get word you were coming. I didn't send word. Actually, we're only too happy to have you on the post, Senator. Have you had lunch?
1: I ate at New Rock.
2: Oh. Well, I want to show you my quarters. You can use it as your base of operations. How long do you plan to be with us?
1: I don't know. It's all the same to you, General. I'd like to have a look around.
2: Certainly. Captain, bring my car. Powell was established in 1942 as an infantry training camp, Senator. After the war, it was partially deactivated. Yes, I I know
1: all that. What I need to check out now is just how essential all this real estate is in our defense inventory. Of
2: course. Well, we do many jobs here. We're at the Odolite Tracking Facility for NASA.
1: I'm interested in the defense aspects,
2: General. Well, as you saw, we have an excellent air facility and warehousing capability for staging... Military cargo planes.
1: Uh, What's uh, in all those warehouses?
2: They're empty just at present. Hmm. Quartermaster Corps uses the post as a backup during the Vietnam War. I have
1: all those figures, General.
2: Well, that's right. You would, of course.
1: Tell me about the uh, tank testing range.
2: Mm, It's about five miles ahead. There's no activity there at the moment. Uh, How many men are stationed here? We have at the moment just at Uh 9,000.
1: All quartered on the post, I assume?
2: Yes, sir, they all live here on the post
1: they're Funny, I haven't seen more of them
2: Well, they're, most of them are in training classes uh, here and there
1: Training for what?
2: Well, electronics, field repair, basic weaponry
1: All right, all right Ask your driver to stop a minute, General Come with me, General Let's walk
2: uh, All right You can just follow behind us in the car, Wicker
1: Right, sir All right, General. Now, what's the score here?
2: I beg your pardon?
1: Fort Powell encompasses some 8,000 acres. You're drawing $61 million to operate this place. You have a rail spur with bright, shiny rails running behind a row of warehouse buildings. You say the buildings are empty. But those rails say they're in constant use. Rails rust fast, unless trains run over them constantly. Now, don't try to kid an old recon pilot, General...
2: Well, we had that track replaced just a short time ago.
1: And where do 9,000 soldiers park their cars, General?
2: Senator, I don't like being evasive.
1: Then don't be. Another thing you see from the air, General, is power lines. You're drawing enough power in here to light up a city. What are you doing with it? What is this post, General? What are you doing out here that takes 61 million dollars...
2: Well, Senator, that's about the size of it.
1: Just a training base. just a sort of repair depot. Yes, sir. Time to time, you get in a load of gear that has to be fixed. You, you start in the warehouses, and you you're man repair the stuff and leave it again by rail.
2: That's about it.
1: Uh, must be kind of a dull life for you, General.
2: We can't always pick our assignments.
1: No, no that's true. That's
2: true. Uh, Captain, you might as well take us back to headquarters.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um uh, you know what I'd like to do?
2: What? What's that, Senator?
1: I'd like to follow this big, wide asphalt road that runs beside the railroad tracks. Uh, where does it wind up, anyway?
2: No, it just goes out to a storage area, old ammunition, fuel, that sort of thing. Not really very much to see.
1: Humor me anyway, General.
2: I'm well, all right. Captain, let's do as the Senator asks.
1: Yes, sir. You can see a lot of things from the air, General. Of course, you know that. You're an old combat man.
2: Actually, no, I'm not.
1: Oh, is that so? Well, you get to noticing things if you ever did low-level reconnaissance flying. Like this road now. It uh, gets a lot of very heavy usage, right?
2: Well, I suppose you'd say it does, yes.
1: Oh, it does. In fact, I'll tell you something else about it. It's used by trucks carrying something very heavy outbound, away from camp. I would guess that uh, they come back light. How am I doing? Well, that's
0: excellent. Very good, isn't he, Wicker?
2: He's sharp, General. See, sir, the trucks using this road are mainly loaded with fuel and ammo, and they go out and unload out here at the dump, and they come back empty. That's right, Senator. You sure put your finger right on it.
1: Well, a guard and a big wire gate. Bet that's lonely duty. Good afternoon, soldier. Good afternoon, sir. Your
0: destination, please.
1: A uh, perimeter tour, about 20 minutes.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: I'm very impressed by your security here, General Close. Senator, that's been my specialty, you might say. Yeah, interesting. Say, what's this up ahead?
2: A tunnel? Uh, We'll take the perimeter road, Captain. No, no, this road we're on. What does it do? Go down underground? That's right. The dump is all underground. (sighs) Must be pretty big.
1: Say, I'm uh, curious about something else. Those power lines. They all feed down into the fuel and ammo dump. That's right. Now, this must be the most sophisticated dump in this man's army. And
2: why are we turning off the road? We're just going to drive you around the perimeter of the dump, Senator.
1: No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, uh, let's go have a look at it.
2: All right, Wicker, just drive us down the entrance ramp.
1: Right. Hey, we're, uh, going right down into the ground, aren't we? Darkest night down here.
2: This road terminates in a big steel door, Senator. There, you can see it in the headlights. See? That's it.
1: Huh? Blast proof?
2: Everything proof, Senator. Hmm.
1: Building B-2000. Right. Pretty big inside? Gigantic. And uh, then the power lines feed the lights and air, I suppose. Right. Well, as long as we came all the way out here, might as well have a look inside. Uh, Senator, that I can't
2: do. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. This area is off limits.
1: Tell me that again, General.
2: I said this area is off
1: limits. Even to a United
2: States Senator? I'm afraid so, Senator Varney.
1: Even to the chairman of the Defense Budget Committee? Yes, sir. <laughs> you do realize that I can call the president and get into this building? That if I have to do that, it's, it's going to be embarrassing for you, General Clove. I'm very
2: sorry, Senator. I have my orders.
1: From, from who? From the president. Listen, you listen to me, Cloves. Just what are you people trying to pull out here? What's going on in that building that's costing the taxpayers of this country 61 million dollars?
2: Senator, I can't tell you. Sorry to be so evasive. Uh, you'll just understand that it's a matter of security. Who the devil
1: to... do you think you're talking to, man? I'm a senior senator. I control the purse stranger for your very job. I'm a brigadier general on top of that. Nobody has a higher security clearance than I have. Nobody.
2: I understand that, sir.
1: As a representative of the people of the United States, I'm expected to know where every penny of their defense dollars are going. Now, frustrating me in my attempts to discharge my duty is a very serious matter, General. Very serious. Now, I'd like you to reflect on that. And implying that I am a security... Senator, arrest.
2: I'm not implying anything of the kind.
1: Then take me down into that... That that building B-2000.
2: I'm sorry, sir. Where's your scrambler phone? you have one in your office? I'll get it for you.
1: Just let the receiver... Come. I know how to use it, General. You may think you're doing your duty, General, but... Um, Hello? Priority A1. This is Senator Peter Varney calling the president. Yes, yes, I'll hold. Maybe you think you're doing your duty, but you're going to learn that you don't withhold anything from me, General. You got that? Sir, if the president will permit me to do it, I'll be only uh, uh, Hello, hello. Yes? Oh, he is. All right, give him this message. Tell him Senator Varney is on a fact-finding mission for the Defense Budget Committee at Fort Powell, Nevada. And I'm being denied access to certain facilities here. That's right. The C.O. is Major General Colves. Tell the president I want confirmation of my clearance by voice to General Coles. Got that? All right. You do everything the hard way, General. I try not to, Senator. You can still change your mind about building B-2000.
2: Senator, you're asking me to compromise my oath. I'm only doing my job. General, I'm
1: only doing my job. My job to buy this country the strongest possible defense with the fewest possible dollars. And if you can't show me some justification for this place, the overall defense picture, I'm going to see to it that it comes off the inventory so fast it'll make your head spin. Now, that's my job. All right, Clothes. Let's Let's talk reasonably, okay? Now, obviously, this whole camp is a cover for something you're hiding down in that hole in the ground. Now, if you have a weapon system down there, do you think I'm going to question the expenditures? No. Of course not. But as long as you prevent me from seeing where the money's going, you know it could cast suspicion on you. Don't you see?
2: It's no use, Senator. If you only knew what's at stake, you... Well, I can
1: tell you what's at stake. Your job, General. It's
2: a damn sight more than that, Senator. The security phone. General Cloves. Yes, sir. Right here. Senator, for you.
1: Barney here. Eh? Uh, good evening, Mr. President.
3: Uh,
1: that's exactly why I'm out here, sir. I-, I wonder if you would permit me to put General Close back on the line so he could hear you personally assure him that I am authorized to be admitted to any building on his post. Uh, building B-2000. Yes. What? Uh, sir, you-, you and I have often been on opposite sides of the fence on a lot of things, but I always believed you respected but, the... Mr. President... May I respectfully suggest to you that this sounds like a cover-up? Yes, yes, Mr. President. Here, General. He wants to talk to you. Mr. President.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, I understand. Good night, Mr. President. Senator. At 0900 hours tomorrow morning... I'll show you the inside of building B two thousand.
1: Senator Barney, it's eight o'clock. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Captain Wicker. I'm ready. I hope you slept well, sir. I did. I did, I always do. Sometime early this morning, I thought I heard a jet land out on the strip. A big one. It did, sir. We have another visitor.
2: Good morning, Senator. We uh, have a surprise for you.
3: I'm sure you know the Secretary of Defense. Senator. Well, that was you I heard coming in this morning. I'm sorry that we awakened you. Uh, what brings you here? I am uh, here on the president's orders um, to see you. Well,
1: I, I must have turned over a really big rock.
3: Mm, you did, yes. Uh, you you going to accompany me out to Building B two thousand this morning? Only if you continue to insist on seeing it. Oh, oh, so so that's it. Well, Mister Secretary,
1: yes, I I continue to insist. I found.
3: But first, Senator, I must warn you that there will be some very serious consequences, if you see it. Well,
1: let me tell you, Mr. Secretary, there'll be some serious consequences if I don't. Now, last night, I used the phone in my quarters to call my chief aide back in Washington. And I filled him in on all that's been going on out here. Now, he's ready to break the news to every network and wire service if I'm denied access to that building. Now, do you have any idea what that'll look like? Wait till Anderson gets hold of that. You
3: should never have done that, Barney. That was most unwise. Nevertheless, it is done. It is my duty to inform you that the consequences to you personally will be serious and permanent if you... Mr. Secretary, we're wasting the taxpayers' time. Let's get out to building B-2000. (laughs) B-2000. I'm sure that you'll be called the Manhattan Project. Certainly. The code name for this country's first atom bomb project. That required a blind appropriation from Congress.
1: And there was also a war on, and we had our backs to the wall. We knew the Germans were trying to build one, too. You building an atom bomb? Ah, here we are.
3: The door operates in a handprint code. A moment, please, General. Senator... And I must warn you that when you come out of this building, you will never be the same again.
1: Open the door, General.
3: So this viewing window you can see, Senator. Well, I... This craft had a malfunction and was forced to land. It was 1971. More of their ships arrived shortly. They agreed to provide an environment in which their crews could repair such ships. And replenish them for a continuation of their missions to the galaxies. Oh, it's, it's a spaceship. So we had uh, no alternative, you see. We either provide them with a super environment, high pressure carbon dioxide, and with the electrical energy they require for replenishment. Or they cause another energy blockout. As they did once before. Let
1: me down in there.
3: Don't be ridiculous, Senator. No human being can live in their atmosphere. Those are humans running around down there. Uh huh. Don't be too sure, Senator. You've seen enough. now. Come, come now. They don't like visitors.
1: It's blackmail. You're feeding them our power, our energy. When we could come in here with one ground level H bomb. No, Senator, please.
3: You're giving them our energy. Senator, that we are giving them an Earth base in return for the Earth. This is the biggest
1: farce I've ever heard of. It's blackmail. Blackmail.
3: All right, gentlemen. Take it. You just wait a minute. What is this? Clothes?
2: Into the ambulance senator.
3: Ambulance? What's this for?
1: Just make it easy on yourself. I don't need an ambulance. Get your hands off me.
3: Hmm. Well, here are your press releases. They correspond to the official release the president will give. Hmm. Bethesda again, eh? Poor devil. Senator Peter C.
2: Varney has been admitted to Bethesda Naval Hospital for observation following a breakdown
1: suffered while on a routine inspection of a military base. It was not
2: known...
3: Captain, if you would, drive us back to camp. We'll be able to read it all in the papers tonight.
0: You have heard Building B2000, which featured Douglas Young as Senator Varney, Terry McManus as General Close, Jim Kelly as the Secretary of Defense, and Merrill Mayle as Captain Wicker, and was written and produced by yours truly, Jim French.